from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 215. Today is brought to you by our good friends over at Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools we love so dearly. And I am joined, as always, by Mr. Brad Dowdy. What a beautiful uh, intro phrase that we don't often drop in. We That used to be like a, a religious thing. It was like yep. we couldn't do it unless we dropped that in. But we kind of got out of that habit, right? I guess it came out, came, it went along the wayside with the uh, nickname stuff, kind of. Yeah, and I can't believe that I still remember it. Yeah, it's like it's part of your uh, it's it's muscle memory now. It's just like yeah. you start talking and then it all comes out. Like it's like with 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 song lyrics. Like I just begin singing a song and and it turns out that my brain was hiding the lyrics in there the whole time. <laughs> like it really, I was just I don't know why I said it this week. It just popped into my brain and it just it just poured out of me the beautiful prose that it was and is. Yes, it was beautiful. And our our first uh, topic is beautiful this morning, so I want you to handle it so I can sit back and bask in the glow of vindication. Paul wrote in to let us know that we have discussed the Monte Grappa Q1 before, the uh, multiple cartridge monstrosity that Monte Grappa <laughs> have created on episode 147 at around five minutes in uh, we made reference to it. And again, it wasn't a very long discussion, which might be why it didn't stick in my brain. But mm-hmm. Brad's brain is better than my brain, hence why he knew we'd spoken about it. And I, and, and many others, many others uh, were sure that we hadn't. I wasn't the only one in this. Mm-hmm. So we will say for this one that Mike was not right. <laughs> I mean, getting a lot of that this week. <laughs> Have you been wrong a lot this week, mate? Not wrong. <laughs> Just not right? Just not right. Fair enough. I don't like Mike was wrong, but I'm happy with Mike was not right. I can get behind that because I'm the same way. Technically, I wasn't wrong. It's my own problem because I'm the one who walks around saying I'm right all the time. But I have a real aversion to people saying you're wrong. I don't Mm -hmm. know why, but I just Mm -hmm. do. So when people say Mike was wrong, it like fires something up inside of me. Uh, so now I'm sticking with Mike was right and Mike was not right. That is that is the consistency of the brand here, everyone. I'll allow it. <laughs> but yeah, we I knew we talked about that Q1 and it was so long ago. The uh, the weird thing is why this was so difficult is for some reason it did not make it into the show notes as a link. Yeah, that's what made it difficult and impossible for me. I have no idea how Paul found it so quickly. I don't either. It was like right after. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, thank you, Paul. I will see Paul in D.C. Paul writes uh, gorgeous.inc. He does a wonderful job on his blog. I'm going to see him in D.C. You're already killing me with this. Yeah, just wait till next week's podcast. You're, it's going to be death. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad that I can't make it. But yeah, it's I'm about to be going on a bunch of trips in a row again, August, September, October. Um, yes. So you're like next six months are just kind of stupid. Yeah, and I just got engaged, and Woo-hoo! yay, and we're about to begin buying a house. Um, don't do it by halves around here, all right? <laughs> it's all or nothing. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so uh, I'd tell you to settle down, but uh, that's not going to happen for uh, until the, I think the calendar flips it at the earliest. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I tell you what, I'm already looking forward to 2017. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> that one will be easier. <laughs> 
yeah, you've uh, you've definitely uh, front loaded here. You got mm-hmm. it all going at once, but that's okay. We have we have pins to talk about. Yep. Um, that'll uh, get your mind off of things for a minute. But even more than that, we have calming images to look at. Oh, this is crazy, right? So I remember, um, um, I think it was Mikey, uh, uh, who sent me this like sometime last year, and we never. He said kind of like this project's going on, and you know I'll let you know when it's done. Well, he finished it, and it's a project called Pin Shooter. And he put up this, um, he did it on Tumblr where he was going to shoot, uh, pictures of all these different pens and catalog them and, um, you know, just post them out on, on, on the web for everyone to see. So it was like a project he took on for himself and looking at the index and we'll have all these links in the show notes, which you can find at pen addict. Oh, relay.fm. Slash pen addict slash two fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, he put in an index of two hundred and seventy eight pens and a handful of pencils, and it's not just one image per pen. You know, there's image sets of each pen, <laughs> which is crazy. So it's like you know five and six images of each pen, and uh, it's just something really cool to look at. Did you have time to flip through any of these any of these images? Yeah, yeah, I did, and. There's just some stunning stuff. And what I really like is as well as the photography being so beautiful, there are just pens in here that I've never seen before. Like I don't know what this stuff some of this stuff is even. Right. So he was his email to me, and I don't know if this is clarified like in his uh project index, but he basically bought all these pens himself or had them around. So he was just getting things like he could find at the local convenience store or party store or office supply store or random things around the desk. So it's mostly like, you know, 50 cent pens, promo pens, you know, $2 pens. He has a few expensive pens that, you know, he has, but it's really, um, it's really cool. And there's a ton that I haven't seen in here before. And, um, you know, since the project took him, you know, quite a bit of time, you know, there's different seasons, right? You can see like the, the fall, uh, my favorite ones is everything with snow in them. All the snow ones are great. So we put a few favorites in here. Um, my favorite is, is actually the, uh, the Faber-Castell scribe Barrow gel, which I've never seen this pen. And this pen looks like the, the way he shot the photograph, it looks like it's like a miniature Jurassic Park scene. Like this doesn't look yeah. like a pen. It looks like a creature, but like the framing and the composition of the photos with the leaves looks like it's this dinosaur kind of thing coming out it's of the woods. It's really weird because the the images make it look like it's like 150 feet tall. Yeah, it's a very lifelike looking image. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind yeah. This it's really really interesting looking. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that you picked out as well is a pen called the Lamy Balloon. Uh, I haven't I've never heard of or seen the Lamy Balloon before. Well, what is this? So here's where you'll be proven wrong again. We have absolutely talked about this on the podcast, oh, and and the reason I put this in here is very specific. This is one of the best pens Lamy ever did, except the refill they did was absolute garbage. And there was a lot of talk about this at the time. This is pens. This is probably like three years ago mm-hmm. um, when I reviewed this pen, and it was like a proprietary refill. You couldn't fit anything else into this barrel. It is such a great pen. I don't even know if they sell it anymore because the refill is really bad. And everyone who bought one and reviewed one kind of had the same problems. Like you were desperate to use this pen because it's so cool. It's built well. It's Lamy. You know what the styles look like. Um, 
you just couldn't write with it and it was one of the it was just a huge disappointment of a pen um and then the other one the safari ballpoint that's one of the snow ones that you talked about um yep. it's just a really cool really cool look um yeah so mikey did a great job on this so y'all check out the this you'll you'll lose a, you'll definitely lose some time uh scrolling through all these images but he did a really mm-hmm. great job and um yeah, there's just hundreds and hundreds of images on here. So it was a really cool project. And thanks for sharing that with us. Mike. Definitely. Definitely. Go check it out. It's in the show notes. Yep. So I got a big, uh, I placed a big order with CW pencils this week or uh, last week. It came in yesterday or two days ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been sitting in the box and I was around yesterday morning and I thought, yeah, I'll periscope this. So I periscoped uh, my CW pencils haul and it turns out there was a big surprise in it. So it, I was kind of glad that I did that because I didn't know what was in the box other than the stuff that I ordered. So what the reason for my order was I wanted, I decided to go for one more box of the Blackwing 56s. I, I was hemming and hawing. Do I need it? Well, of course I don't need it, but do I want it? And I was like, ah, I kind of want it. <laughs> so that was the impetus for for buying it. They had the 56s in. So I was like, well, if I'm there and I'm ordering this, I might as well see what other stuff they have, right? So I scrolled through every pencil page, picked out a few things that looked interesting, and then I bought a very expensive pencil, um, a very expensive clutch pencil that we'll get to. But I thought I'd go over some of these pencils real quick. Um, kind of give you my first thoughts on it since we don't talk about pencils too much because there's some interesting stuff in here. Um, that cool with you? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> just, you might like this fixed pencil. Wait till I, wait till I talk about this. But the, I really want to talk about about two of the products. The, most. See, like, the thing is, though, like it's, this, is the, this is the same thing that happened to me when I went to CW. Whilst I don't really use them, the stuff is so enchanting. And it's yeah. presented so well that it's difficult to not spend a ton of money on really interesting looking, amazing things that they they produce. And, and exactly. So you spent when you were in the store, you spent like over a hundred dollars, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think this order of mine was like a hundred eight dollars. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy just, to do. It just happens. Um, but what's really cool is okay if I committed to spending you know fifty bucks on this big pencil i can still get some other pencils for like 50 cents or a dollar 50 that's what that's what gets you in trouble you know you know you you do that and uh next thing you know you're spending a hundred dollars at cw pencils which is great because everyone should but anyway this first pencil is one i'm probably going to look into getting more i've seen it on a few of the blogs it's called uh, the brand is called camel and it's made in japan and it's a very simple looking pencil but what caught my eye was i thought the end cap was dipped, but it's actually this weird eraser that goes over the back of the pencil. Like if you, like if you pulled down like a rubber glove, if you will, like over your hand, Mm -hmm. you just, it kind of goes over the barrel a little bit, but I don't know if it comes off. And the whole thing is like an eraser. It was very, Mm -hmm. very weird. And I like this pencil a lot. It's got this cool, um, like, paint job it's like this camel color little little bit of tan you can see like the red in the cedar wood it brings out the color of it it writes really well for an hb pencil it's a dollar 50 so it's not like dirt cheap but um it's like cheaper than black wings who like run around two dollars or something like that um it's really cool i'm gonna look and see you know what other options they have for this camel pencil but i'm gonna definitely be reviewing this one i like it a lot 
the ones the aspara absolute extra strong pencil caught my eye just because of the name uh extra dark and extra strong sounds and just like you yeah it's totally like me yep. you have to watch this video that right. they did for this pencil um feel free to watch it now if you want it's only like a 30 second uh thing while i talk but they uh it's an indian pencil company uh hinduistan pencil company out of india and it's really like a school pencil you know for the students over there in india and the durability is like legit like it the the video shows the kids essentially playing mm. drums with the pencils. Yeah. It's just a great, super cute video. They did a really good job. And um, it is extra dark. It's actually a little bit soft. I thought it would be uh, extra strong, extra dark, extra firm. Um, the the graphite is actually a little bit softer than I thought, but that's kind of what you kind of, the give and take with the uh, darkness. The Tombow Mono Professional HB is just kind of a plain stock pencil. Um, the Tombow Mono 100 is a little bit better looking, feels a little bit better. It's it's kind of average. I wouldn't necessarily recommend um, recommend it over other pencils. The Koenor Blue Highlighter Pencil is actually the dud of the bunch, which you kind of know going into it that a colored pencil is not going to be great. But I expected a little more from this one. There has to be a term for this, Mike. When I sharpen the pencil, it never stopped sharpening it do you know what i mean like you know if you sharpen a pencil in a handheld sharpener mm -hmm. at when it's very sharp you, you're essentially sharpening air it's done sharpening right yeah it suspends yeah it just spins this one never it's never stopped so i chewed uh, up like a quarter of the pencil before realizing what i was doing <laughs> it just kept going <laughs> um but it's a it's a wood pencil it's not like the wopex with that weird material um it's like a plasticky pencil it's not but um and the uh, the blue clay um, highlight uh, the, the actual the business end of the pencil. It's kind of you expect it to be light. It's even lighter than I I thought it would be. You have to get it um, right on the edge to get a dark line. But it's made to be a highlighter, so it's not meant to be used all the time. Aside from the the fifty sixes that I ordered, this one I didn't know they had this pencil in stock, and I had written about it like a month or so ago in the in Refill, which is the Pen Attic members newsletter. That I saw this pencil and I was kind of fascinated by it. Well, <laughs> they happened to have it in stock. I was like, well, I kind of got to buy it now. It's expensive for a lead holder, um, basically, you know, a clutch pencil like an engineering pencil. It was $53, um, but it's beautiful. It's cron dash, so, you know, you pay in a premium for that. But so far, this is my favorite of the bunch, uh, regardless of price, because the the lead is really nice. The graphite is nice. It's a very good color. Um, HB, you know, graphite. It writes dark. It also comes with other colors, red, blue, green, and yellow. So you can swap those in. And in the cap of the pencil is the sharpener. So you just right. uncap it and you twist it in there and then you tap it out. Um, it's like your little cocaine vial where you tap out the little, <laughs> tap out the little, everybody uh, can relate to that. Yep. Everyone totally can relate to uh -huh, that, uh -huh. but it's weird when you empty it out. It's just this little pile of sand uh, from your graphite there. It looks, that's the first thing I thought of. So this is a mechanical lead holder, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. It's just like any other lead holder. You have the click um, mechanism at the end that, 
that um, expands like the the teeth that grab that the clutch mm-hmm. part that clutches onto the, uh, to the graphite. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you need the you know like the like the pin show, except uh, with more mechanics in it. Um, and it's it's just really cool. I'm gonna carry this a lot. This is going like straight into my like everyday carry stuff for pencils because I'm enjoying writing with pencils, and this one will. It's kind of all self-contained, you know, with the sharpener. I don't have to carry an extra sharpener. And the firmness and darkness of the lead is good enough to where it's not too soft. I can just, like, keep writing with it, things like that. Um, It's expensive. You know, it's hard to recommend, like, a clutch pencil that's this expensive when you can get them for, like, $10. And uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of fascinated with it. I was when I stumbled across it. you know, a month or two ago. And then once I saw it in here, I was like a foregone conclusion that I was going to end up with it. The other thing that I'm super impressed with are these write notepads, notebooks. I haven't used the three pack that I bought, but they make a special one for CW pencil enterprise called the ledger notepad. It is killer. Like I wrote my show notes for that today. Um, in that little notepad when you open it up it's like a little um the format of the page is like a an old library card if you will it's got uh several columns for your ledger items so um i'll I'll take a picture of that uh, when i'm done with the with the show notes and put that in the uh, put that in the instagram when we're done with the show um everyone has said how good write notepads are for pencil and you can tell just the way the paper is like it's not a fountain pen friendly paper necessarily but for pencil it has just that enough tooth to where you know your pencil's writing well the lead the graphite's going to stay there it's not really going to smudge it's just kind of it's the right tactile feel if you will for a pencil so they're really cool so i i plan on using that a bunch and getting into the the notepads um you've never used one of the notepads i don't think right no they're really cool looking. They do an awesome job with packaging. Um, yeah. I put a, an extra link in the show notes to one of our listeners, uh, Mark Dunham, who sent me a link to check out his new blog. And he has some great pictures of one of their editions that they just did um, where they actually use the Butcher Orange, uh, French paper company Butcher Orange for their covers, huh. which is really, really pretty. They just they spend a lot on the aesthetic part of it which can sometimes go either way. If you spend that much time on the aesthetic, sometimes you wonder if the product's going to live up to how good it looks. And in this case, they, they do live up to how good they look. So it's kind of a, uh, a double whammy of goodness there. So that it's really, really cool. So if you couldn't tell, I was pretty excited about this order. So that's what I ordered. And then I'm opening this package live on Periscope and I get to the bottom of it and I pull out. So CW enterprises, they, um, I guess you could call it gift wrap. Like everything that's in the box has is wrapped in like little stacks and it's wrapped so beautiful. In like yellow paper and this blue and white thread. It's wonderful. So I get to the bottom and at the bottom of this box is this square thing. I was like, Hmm, I don't remember ordering a notebook this size with my order. And I'm sitting there confused and they, they had written me a letter that was on top. And since I was doing it live, I just put the letter to the side and uh, just started going through the unboxing then I get to the bottom, I start unwrapping this thing, and I see it's the entire set of the high uni, Mitsubishi High Uni pencils with 22 degrees of graphite hardness in there from 10B 
all the way to 10H, the full range of pencils. And then I was like, number one, this shocked me because I knew I didn't order it. And number two, I said, well, I should probably read the letter (laughs) that came with this (laughs) to see why this is in here. Um, And the the girls at CW Pencil um, were nice enough to include this um, to further my pencil knowledge. They wanted to give me something that I could base like the graphite hardness mm. this on. This is the High Uni 22 pencil art set, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it's basically one of everything. <laughs> it's one of everything. So they gave this to me so I could now have a sample of what every wow. grade of graphite should be. And That's we'll useful. have something to compare. Oh, it's how good is that? That yeah. is super, super thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, since you're a recent convert, here's a way to have a baseline for everything that's made out there on the market and i just thought that was so thoughtful and so wonderful so thank you uh everyone at cw pencils um that was uh, quite a surprise in my order to say the least so yeah i'm i'm a burgeoning pencilaholic man it's it's gonna be a problem i'm on board of it you can go go for it yeah yeah i i really enjoy i enjoy writing with pencils at my desk the thing is you know the pen is is the tool I use when I leave the house, right? It's yeah. there's different different uses for different things, which is what we talk about all the time. So anyway, I wanted to uh, talk about all that stuff because you're going to be seeing and hearing more of this stuff uh, from me as we go through as we go through uh, episode 1,000 of the Panatic Podcast. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's totally going to happen. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we got there? I can. I can imagine that. Should we just go daily? So we can, <laughs> I don't think so. So we can dis- move it up a bit. You don't want to do a daily show? I don't want to do a daily show. I'm sorry, mate. I love you. Um, uh huh. But uh, yeah, I don't want to go daily. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to say something real quick because you were saying about how lovely it is to use pencils, and, and I agree. And this is a completely different thought. But I'm using my Pilot M90 today. Yeah. Just out there in the world, if you ever see one of these. Buy it. So we're going to have a little conversation about this in one of our Ask TPA questions. Okay. Um, in, in relation to that. Um, but I've got but, to say, this is, it's just an absolute treat to use. It is. It's a great pen. Makes me feel it's, so happy. Thomas Hall, I love you so, <laughs> I, I love you so much. <laughs> Since we were talking about our episode... 1000 that we hope to get to one day i wanted to point out our good friends at anderson pens cracked number 200 last Blimey. night how did they do that because they're awesome that's how I they feel did like it. that they started way after us uh well they go they i think they started before us to be perfectly honest really huh, yeah look but they that. have they have um you know gaps in there you know because they travel uh-huh. so much they can't always do it weekly but i i'm pretty sure that they started before we did but i'm i'm not 100 percent sure the first so. episode oh, I'm, I'm struggling here no I'm, I'm seeing if i can find it i'm seeing if okay. i can find it well you work on that because mm-hmm. this next topic i'm gonna do something a little bit different here we got not only follow-up we got a handwritten letter in my mailbox follow-up that, that I would is like to... some interesting <laughs> follow-up to receive yes so I would like to read this to you. It's right. a three-page letter. It's about two and a half pages of, don't worry, it's uh, just A5 one-sided, so it's not uh, 
it's not super long, but I thought this was wonderful. And this is from Corey, who sent us this thoughtful letter. And I'm going to read it to you. And it's addressed, Dear Ed, Mike, and Brad. So you know where the follow-up's coming from, right? Yep, yep. So he says, I listened to both shows on the topic of burnout and enjoyed them very much. After listening and thinking about your conversation, I came to the conclusion that the podcast blog, podcast slash blog, isn't really about pins. It's about people. Your audience appreciates the community that you forged. It is gratifying to know that I'm not the only one who thinks about pens, ink, and paper every day. May I suggest that when you feel in a rut, that you turn to your audience for inspiration. They will be thrilled to help as a way of thanking you for what you provide for them. Their enthusiasm hopefully will be contagious and bring you back to the reason you started the podcast in the first place. With that said, I'd like to offer my ideas on things that would spark your creativity when you need a boost. So he he goes through these five things, and I'm going to read them real quick because I think, I, I mean, it's beautiful so far, and I just want to keep going here and give him full credit for all this stuff. So number one is take the show on the road, not just for a pin show. I imagine if you did a show from Japan, how cool would that be? So I need you to work on that, Mike. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. I will work on that. <laughs> number two, do a show from a college or university. Um, university of Penn. Uh, get it? Or Penn State. Oh, uh, wow. Burn the letter. Burn it. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it there, Corey. Too many pin puns. No, I'm just kidding. I thought that was hilarious. I got a giggle out of that. It says, I bet you have plenty of fans in higher education. Number three, which this may be my favorite, and I'm going to have to work on this for the future. Hand out pens and notebooks to soldiers in the Bethesda Naval Hospital when you're in D.C. It says, I have a neighbor who may be able to help make it happen. I think not just there, but like anywhere we can get stationary in people's hands, um, I think is just a wonderful thing. And I thought that was a great idea. Number four, which is actually something I'm working on, uh, invite regular people on the show, not just the experts, uh, regular people who have a good story to share. And I I get that one. I get emailed a lot. Like you should just have listeners on and talk about stuff, which I think we're going to do. And uh, I know I already have one lined up. I just got to finalize a date. But I think that could be a good thing for us to do. And number five, Mike, for a good laugh, do a review of the handmade bamboo dip pen I'm sending you. There is one for Mike and Ed, too. Thanks for making great content, Corey. Wow. So right before this podcast, I hopped on the Instagrams and took a picture of what he sent us. Let me get the link for you here. Um, These are literal bamboo pens um cut from stalks of bamboo um hopefully he got them legally uh in his yard oh, wow. and Look not at uh, these yeah Blimey. so you got that yeah i got it so yeah he cut those out and sent those along with the with the letter how insane is that how does that even work well it's just like a dip pen you know you just you make do like uh yeah wow. All right, yeah, I want to try this thing. <laughs> so I have one for you, one for me, and one for Ed. So I thought that was super cool. Um, uh, Real-life follow-up, not uh, just the email, digital, Twitter follow-up. Uh, and, uh, he sent us some bamboo pens to play with. But great ideas, great letter, Corey. Totally, 100% agree with you about the people. That's absolutely why I do this. The people in the community um, are outstanding. It's wonderful. So... Um, I thought that was a great letter and I wanted to share. I have frequently thought about 
what it would take for me and you to do shows in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan would be really good for me and you to go and record a show, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to hazard a guess that we wouldn't be able to amass uh, a live show audience in Japan very easily. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how many people from Japan listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's as many people as there are in some states of America, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. And yes. uh, when I think about what we have been able to achieve over the last couple of years, I don't see any reason why one day we couldn't just do it. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's uh it's on the dream list, right? Yep. Yeah, we have the the reality let's do this list and then there's always the list you can dream on and hopefully you can uh, scratch a couple of those things off um, in the future so so yeah. uh, i'm actually able to get rough calculations of how many people in japan listen to the show mm-hmm. uh, and i think it's 50 <laughs> yeah I, so. so we get little to what's funny is we get little to no feedback from japan and same with the panatic blog mm-hmm. lots of lots of a other asian countries but mm-hmm. not japan which is is I don't, it's not, I don't find, I was going to say it's funny or odd, but it's really not. It's just not, um, yeah, we have no traction in Japan. it's a different community of, of, of pen stuff, right? Like, yeah. which is why it would be so interesting for us to go to Japan because right. we would find things that we don't have. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, maybe if we spoke about washi tape more, <laughs> then we might get more Japanese listeners. That's true. Now, I want to provide some follow-up, which I said I was going to do. Uh, about when Anderson Penn's podcast number one was. Mm -hmm. Their episode number one was on May 26th, 2012. Mm -hmm. The Pen Addict episode one was February 9th, 2012. Ah, so So right around the same time. I mean, I was convinced that we were first because I remember Mm -hmm. it starting, and Mm -hmm. I've worked out how they caught up to us. They didn't Mm -hmm. take a break like we did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how they caught up because that's that's like it's just surprised me that they got to 200 and we've only just crossed it and yeah. that explains it because uh yep, yep, they yep. kept going and we didn't yep so and and on the japan thing um tony uh pretty much nailed it and uh, i didn't think of it this way in japan they have all the stuff they don't need a blog or a podcast to tell them about <laughs> stuff <laughs> that's perfect it's just it? the pens in the store they yeah. don't need you they just go that's, to the store it's like hey it's monday <laughs> you know <laughs> they just that have is the stuff. a excellent excellent point yep yep so all right speaking of excellence let's hear about our good friends at harry's It's time to stop compromising on your shave. It's time to get started with Harry's. If you haven't yet made that switch, come on. What is wrong with you? You must be... Exactly. You must be having a horrible shave or paying way too much for it. (laughs) Harry's offers... Terrible. Harry's offers something you've never had before. A great shave at a fair price. It's simple. Get the best of both with Harry's. Good shave, good price, amazing blades, great design. They have the best of all of this. You don't have to go to a store and try and find stuff in a cabinet or get someone to unlock something for you or feel like a criminal because they have an incredible checkout system. It's all online. You'll find what you want and need in 30 seconds. You'll have it in your car on the way to you, shipped for free. This is just another reason why the price is so good. An average, an everyday shaver saves $150 a year on blades using Harry's. Not only are you saving more, you'll get a better shave because you can change those blades more frequently because they are cheaper for you. You don't have to hang on to a blade for a month because it's going to cost you $700 to replace it, like some of these <laughs> big brand blades. And you might go to jail. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Harry's, uh, Barry's blades are German-engineered five-blade cartridges that give you a close, comfortable shave without cuts or razor burn. They have a great starter set. It's called the Truman, and just for $15, you'll get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Join the over one million people that have switched to Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now, and you'll get $5 off if you use my code, which is... Penedict, P-E-N-A-D-D-I-C-T, with your first purchase. It's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Coupon code Penedict. It will get you $5 off your first purchase. You'll be able to look good, smell good, and feel good doing it with Harry's. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. One of these days, I'm just going to go full hype man on one of your ad reads and just, I, like, repeat I say bring yell it. everything. Yeah. Br- I say bring it. Like I want to see. I just want to see what happens to both of us if you do this. We, we wouldn't get through because we'd be crying from laughing so hard. I don't think it's a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe we'll surprise Ron next week. <laughs> Pelican, legit. <laughs> Nakaya. No, he doesn't say this. Anyway, um, ask TPA time. You've been collecting some questions for us. Yeah, we got a bunch, and uh, I've already saved some off for next week, too. But uh, I want to get through uh, quite a bit of these today because we had some good stuff. And I love this first one. This one came in via email from Dave. And I think this is something we all think about, and I've thought about it before. He says, when am I a jerk for using my own pen? Signing my daughter in for camp today, the staff handed me the paperwork on a clipboard and a generic ballpoint pen that had some random dentist name printed on the side. I then reached into my pocket, pulled out my vanishing point, and immediately felt like a pompous tool for using it instead of the ballpoint they handed me. So, there's very few cases where you're a jerk for using your own pen. This is not one of them. You're totally in the right for using your own pen on this. Um, There's some awkwardness around it but you're embracing your inner pen addict when you do this and you're Mm -hmm. showing the world you know even though they don't get it at the time because they're using random dentist uh, promo pen that hey there's some really good writing instruments out there and yours is crap and let me show you what i'm going to use so don't feel like a jerk for using your own pen Uh, i'm trying to think can you think of a a situation where you would be a jerk um in using it i mean uh I I think you just, as you say, you kind of got to embrace it, like, and be happy with the fact that you're going to be the one that gets to mm-hmm. use the good pen, because people are always going to think that you're weird when you do it. Um, mm-hmm. But that I think the times when it's hardest, it's not necessarily. Uh, I I can't think of anywhere like specifically location wise that it would be awkward. What is what is awkward or weird is when somebody holds a pen out for you. And mm-hmm. then you just reach into your pocket, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, whatever, man, just, just embrace it. Just yeah. embrace it. And don't be showy, you know, just go for your own pen, say, I got this and, you know, write it down and, and, and move on. And they'll go, wow, that guy is weird, but that's okay. We're weird. You listen to a podcast about pens and you just send an email yeah. um, to be asked, uh, to be answered on the show. So you're already weird. You're not going to be uh, more weird by doing this. Yeah. You've, you've already reached maximum peak weirdness so yeah. at this point you're a lost cause i'm sorry to say <laughs> panic podcast so just own it yep. <laughs> yeah i do that uh i do that not all the time but you know 
most of the, most of the time. Sometimes I've got to say, you know, we have like the little uh, we have the little uh, sub heading on on the artwork, and it mm-hmm. says R one says there was, there are worse addictions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would. Be, I think one day I might have to change it to it's already too late for you or something like that. <laughs> like you've already you're at the end now. Yeah, this is once it. you've downloaded this, you're. It's there's, over. No, there's no weirder for you, my friend. <laughs> yep. All right. So this next one is from World Traveling Robo Jim in the in the Slack channel. It says, "What do you do with a journal or notebook that's been slightly damaged, some way specifically like water? Do you throw it away, keep using it, repurpose it for scratch? So uh, what do you what do you say, Michael?" If there's nothing like super important in it, which I would need to then move out of the book, um, I'm going to throw it away. Like I'm going to toss it. I'm pretty mental about this, and I would absolutely toss it. I couldn't use it. I, I just no, I wouldn't use it. I, I definitely use wouldn't it. use it. No way. Yeah. Like I might, there might be some information. It means I'll keep it around for a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. it would have would, to be like I don't know, like a butcher orange or something for me to actually yeah. keep using the thing. I would actually transfer, like you said, I'd transfer the contents, either I'd scan them or rewrite them somewhere else, and then I'd pitch it. I just can't, I can't do it. You know, the us addicts that, you know, listen to this show probably have stacks of other stuff, so I wouldn't be able to kind of go through and complete this book um it would bother me too much every time i used it so because it's going to lose so much of all the good qualities about the notebook at that point yeah like most of the things that you love about it are gone they're gone they're gone jim just let it go man just let it go so related to that uh phil in the slack channel said have you ever hated a notebook so much you couldn't finish it um we're in super super total agreement on this one Oh. That the Ogami Stone Notebook. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, do you it's remember creepy. that thing? It's creepy. It's literally creepy to use a stone paper notebook. I thought this was a great idea when it happened, and then the more it became a thing, and the more I was testing them out and reviewing them, the more it, it kind of gives me like the shivers when mm-hmm. I use it. It's that creepy. Um, I have never come close to I. I those are ones that I reviewed and they're filed away like in the closet. But it gives me shivers notebook. to think about that notebook. So it does. this is in episode 89. I've mm-hmm. put it in the show notes. We tried out mm-hmm. this notebook and it's made of stone. The paper is made of stone. Mm-hmm. And for a reason that I will never understand, when I used it, it made me feel ill. <laughs> it's like a queasy feeling. Yeah. And I don't we- know why, but it made me feel unwell. <laughs> Yeah, we just talked about this. Like I mentioned it last week or the week before, in like products um, that we hated, and that was mine. It's oh, it's creep. It's a creepy, creepy product. So I love this. This is from your review. Stone paper has become all the rage across the blogosphere, even spawning a Kickstarter project. It's a great idea in principle. A paper made from a natural byproduct of water and limestone that is tear resistant, waterproof, and fully recyclable. It is the ultimate paper, right? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and wrong is just its own paragraph. Yeah, <laughs> it's so wrong. That's that's, that's terrible. pretty much the 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 full review of any stone note paper, stone notebook paper. It's just wrong. It's it's. Ugh. Ugh. I was gonna say it's unnatural, but it's Someone actually very natural. Sent them <laughs> it's to us, wrong. didn't they? Like they found them in a store. Yeah, and, and I think I had already had some at the time too, right. and I got some more. Um, they're so cool looking. I had just I like had to like warn people off of it because it's uh not good 
All right, this is from Flipper. It says, I'm sure it's been done, and it has, but I wanted to reiterate a couple things. Worst experience with a relatively expensive pen. Um, so you, you go with yours. I actually didn't think about this, and mine's a little bit different. Yeah, mine, mine is, uh, if you've listened to the show recently, you've heard it, which was when I uh, tried the Mont Blanc M at um, the Atlanta Pen Show, and it was just so meh, which was so disappointing because it's one of the the most beautiful pen designs i've ever seen Mm. but it was just so underwhelming there wasn't really anything wrong with it but there was absolutely nothing right with it Mm. so yeah yeah, i think that that probably that probably cinches it for me yeah i don't think that would go down for me as like a worst ever thing um it's it was the one that jumped to mind immediately for me you know Once you put it down, I could totally see that. Mine is actually not even a relatively expensive pen. It's a flat-out expensive pen. Uh, The Pelican M1000. Fortunately, thankfully, I didn't have to pay my own money for it because I would have, like, had to do something to recoup that and, like, sell it. It's... It was a really, really bad experience, and it's all because the nib is so large and so soft. I can't write how I would normally write with that pen. I actually hated that pen, um, and that's a very expensive pen. Um, I gave it away like the next week on the blog or maybe even the next day after the review. What about the um, largeness of the nib makes it a problem? Because aren't you, don't you have that exact thing with your king of pen monster? Yes. So... It's the softness of the gold and how Pelican manufactures their nibs. So when you have something that size with a material that soft, there's going to be a lot of flex and a lot of movement in it. And the way Pelican, that's how Pelican manufactures their nibs. Even on when I bought my 405, the extra fine nib was like that, but it was workable to where i could get it made into something else this nib was so big and flexy like i would feel uncomfortable having it modified into something that i would enjoy writing with it because i don't think it would work because of the softness properties i just picked up my m200 Mm -hmm. and it's got it's got like a medium gold nib and it's effectively abroad it it is super super flexy um, which is why i like it but it's, mm-hmm. this is much smaller in profile. So considering I have had a penchant for broad pens mm-hmm. in the past, penchant. I actually quite like... I know that's pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah. I actually quite liked this pen, but I can imagine if it was two times the size, uh, it might feel like I'm writing with a piece of elastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... And you were relating it to my king of pens, so the way Sailor manufactures their nibs, they're much firmer just by default. And I don't know if it's the coating or the plating on the nib itself, or just the complete finishing. Like there's, when I write with the Pelican, there's almost no tine spread. Um, and it's a medium and the Pelican I had was a medium as well. And it's the tines just like go wide apart. Like mm-hmm. when you write with it and it's just a gusher and I don't like it. So that was a really, really bad experience. Um, from a very, very expensive pen that I would never recommend to anyone. What sort, you, you need what sort to, of money will that set you back? Seven eight hundred. That's very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can get them for like around five if you're like really watching the market because they do come up and down sometimes. You can there's some deals to be had. Um, that it's just a pen I wouldn't recommend to purchase blindly. It may be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for a lot of people, right? It's just one of those that you have to try ahead of time. Just like I would never recommend a vanishing point unless someone 
tries it first, right? There's just things about certain pins you need to try before you buy, and that's one of them, and it really, really did not work for me. So this next question is interesting, and I actually didn't put an answer down, or ha- I still don't have an answer for it because I almost want to dedicate like a whole segment on the podcast for it. So I need to think about it. Um, Michael asks, "What are your favorite new releases in the first half of 2016?" You had it. You came up with a good answer. Um, that's probably going to be your answer for every half of every year um, yeah. from now until the future. Um, and and has it's always the, been, and has always been, and it's the new retro 51 designs. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that. So what do you like so much? What's been your favorite? If you had to pick one, you've probably how many have you bought this year? Probably three or four, if not more than that. No, I only have one of them so far. Okay, um, so what's your favorite this year so far? Mine, my favorite is on the uh, the tribute series. Mm-hmm. So they're the uh, they have like the two planes and the Apollo, uh, and I have the Tiger Shark, and I yeah. freaking love this pen one of my favorite details i mean you can see the images of it right and it's got like the tiger shark and then mm-hmm. it has like a kind of a, a grill on the side right like a, a yeah. plane grill. but that is in metal it's oh. not painted on interesting so they've put like these little metal pieces on there to create the grills on either side um and also all of the uh rivets and the lines in the in the pen they're all like they're all kind of carved out so it's 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 textured with the rivets and the plates that you see in the images. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like if you click into the large images of it on their website, yeah, you can see that they kind of have lines in between the, uh, like panels as it would be if these were made out of steel, but they're all dug in and you can feel them. (laughs) So So the detail on this pen is amazing. And I don't know if I ever mentioned this. So this one was sent to me by retro 51. Oh, okay. They sent this one to me. Yeah. And do you remember I got number two of the Retro Surf? Oh, yeah. It was by accident. Well, they, they purposely sent me number two of the Tiger Shark. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. Wow. So, That's cool. You didn't tell me that part. No, they keep all the number ones for themselves. Nobody yeah. gets the number ones. So yeah. I now have two pens from Retro 51 that were the first out of the door. Man, I hope they keep doing that. I would like to petition to <laughs> Retro 51 to please continue this uh, grand tradition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love this stuff. And I mean, whilst they're not for me because I don't like the refill, um, the Slim Tornadoes, like, mm-hmm. if you like a ballpoint, then I would go for these because every single one of those is stunning. Yeah, I've been recommending a couple of these here recently. Yep. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't used one yet, but they're pretty cool. No, that Retro 51, the Flying Tiger, that ended up being the hottest one um, of the release, probably of this year. Like, as soon as it came out, it sold out with, like, in a couple days, then I had nonstop questions asking where I can get it. Like, people missed it and were all over that one, unlike any other one so far this year. So, that's a really good call by you. Yeah, because, I mean, this was one, I mean, the reason that it exists is because they sold one that was very much like this, right? As a, right. a, a completely limited one. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up going with this as a stock item. They're numbered, but they, they will keep making them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously for a very good reason. Right, right. So I put I made myself a note to um, work on this for um, for myself. So in a future podcast, I'll do, you know, maybe whatever four or five products of the first half of 2016. I thought uh, did really well because I, I like that as a topic. Yeah. So uh, this next question also from the from the Slack from DS Malsey. I forget what? her name. 
she wanted to know the tips for using ultrasonic do's and don'ts. I'm just going to go with don't as an overall <laughs> overarching thing. <laughs> Top tip is don't do it. <laughs> it's not the magic that it's purported to be, at least in my experience. So this is ultrasonic cleaning of fountain pens to get the ink outside, right? Yes. If you had a lot of old fountain pens that you had to clean that were had been sitting for decades, there's a use for this. It's going to help you get some of that stuff off. If you have generally good fountain pen maintenance um, and fountain pen hygiene, you're not going to gain a lot from an ultrasonic at least i haven't so the nibs that i found to be harder to clean i'll put them in there harder to get all the ink out but i can do just as well on my own with um aspirators and flushing water through them it just doesn't it's fortunately it's not it wasn't an expensive experiment it's like 25 dollars for an ultrasonic cleaner it's there's no huge benefit i do a better job myself um and i'll break it out only on occasion if there's something really stuck but it's it's kind of not worth it in my experience unless you're dealing with vintage pens that have had ink in them for years so so that's a that's a don't for me that was a that was a fail product but good in theory uh bad in reality especially if you don't have all those old gunky pens yeah so phil had another question i meant to put with his his first one and this was a good one because i think about this a lot do you keep your inks in the box or toss the boxes so i used to toss the boxes and then once i got more than like five inks i realized hey if you toss the boxes these ink bottles don't really stack on each other well genius bingo (laughs) that's why i keep them (laughs) (laughs) so like my um my Eroshizuku Shinkai bottle, which is getting pretty low, has no box because it was the first one I bought. I was like, I don't need this stupid box. I just need to get access to this ink bottle. Oh, wait a minute. I can't st- stack another b- bottle yeah. on top of this one without a big pyramid falling down and crashing ink all over the floor. So, yeah, inks in the box. It may not be what you want, but it's what you need. Yeah, like I don't keep pen boxes because I have other ways of storing right. pens. Uh, but they're, at least I don't have another way of storing ink. I'm not interested in getting one because I only have so few bottles anyway. So I just keep them all stacked up in the in the cupboard. Yeah. So got to keep the box um, mm-hmm. even if you don't want to. So. All right. Jonathan Mooney asked a question. And we have a couple that we have asked, been asked a bunch in here that I still want to hit. Um, and this is one of them. What do you use your pocket notebooks for trying to find ways to burn through my staff stash? We've done episodes on this exact topic. And the simple answer is you use them for everything. There's nothing you don't use them for. That's how you burn through your stash. Right. So you have to kind of, okay, this is, this sounds real bad. You have to kind of waste them a little bit. Yeah. No, that's, that's not bad. That's accurate. It it sounds bad, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, you you have to kind of just, you know, if you like, I had a call today with a, a real estate agent. Naturally, mm-hmm. so this is this is my life now. <laughs> uh, in in the latter half of twenty sixteen, um, and he just gave me a telephone number and a name and a time, and I wrote them down on a piece of paper, like in, in one of my field notes. I wrote them down on a page, and th- th- it's like fills up a third of the page but i'm not going to use that page anymore like right. that's gone now yep just 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 use them for stuff yeah like 
this like don't be too precious just use them it's it's this isn't even a thing you just use them you're you're overthinking it which we're all prone to doing um i don't want to use this because or i don't have a great idea to fill this whole thing up doesn't matter use it it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you end up with four of them half filled you end up with four of them half filled then maybe you'll find something for the back half of those notebooks you just gotta you just gotta do it all right, and uh, Jonathan also asked, what's your favorite XF nib grind? One of the best I've, I always enjoy when I break it out is my Franklin Christoph Needlepoint. It's a steel nib that Mike Masayama did for the stock uh, Franklin Christoph pens. It's an upgrade uh, to their regular nib. I love that stinking nib. Um, it's a little bit finer than an extra fine, obviously, the Needlepoint, it's, but it's not so crazy that it's unusable like a pilot high tech c 0.25 it's not like that so i like the needle point steel needle point that franklin christoph sells that's an awesome one and plus it's uh it's easy to acquire for everybody all right so you talked about your um your m90 earlier so i'm gonna do something get uh get someone in trouble here let's see if i got the ink yeah because this is still going all right so we got sent a link and it is for the, I guess this is this is one of the early pilot vanishing points. This is like the most famous, like this is the gotta catch them all number one pilot vanishing point. It's the black stripe. Um, it looks brand new. I got sent an eBay auction. We'll want to know how much it will go for. I had the opportunity to buy one in Chicago for $650. That was probably close to this good a shape and I couldn't pull the trigger on that. That was too much. Um, this one's at $427 right now. It's got 15 hours to go. So it's probably going to go higher for that from the people watching it or there's already been eight bids on it. So, you know, people are watching it and buying it. I don't know how much it's going to go for. It'll probably stay under 600, but that's, it's an amazing pen. I hope to own one of these one day. I don't know if I'll be able to pull the trigger on it because I'll have to use it. I don't, the reason why I didn't buy the, buy, spend $650 on that one is because I wasn't convinced I was going to use it. And I don't buy pens that I'm not going to use. Right. So this is one of those, this is like the grail pen of all grail pens for me, but I am, it's like an undecided thing too. It's like, I don't buy pens that I'm not going to use. So would I be comfortable carrying this out of the house, carrying it to the shop, whatever. So once I get to that point, like I did with my Nakai, that's why it took me two years to buy it. Once you get past that mental hurdle, maybe I'll end up owning one of these. But uh, right now, I'd say that's a pretty good price. 427 I won't say it's a steal, but that's a really good price if this is looks as good uh, in real life as it does in the pictures because it looks brand new. So you said no to 600 What would 650. You, 650 What would you pay? 500 seems like a good number. So you're going to put a bid on on this eBay auction? Probably. Oh, I wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> I'm going for 550. I'm blowing you out of the water. That's no, fine. I, I, I yeah. couldn't. I don't. I, I don't. I have none. <laughs> I may or may not be the current high bidder. <gasps> oh, okay. Now, see, see everyone, but, this is, this is like my next, my next foray here <laughs> is into investigative journalism because uh-huh. now I have exposed, I've exposed Brad Dowdy. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... I'm not going any higher. Right? You're not going to go eBay. any higher at no. all? Uh, no. Because it's still eBay. <laughs> you know? I still don't have this in my hands like I did at a pin show. So $427 is your maximum bid? Yeah. That's a weird maximum bid. I can't remember what I put in. Yeah. Oh, because they do this. More. I don't use eBay much now. And they do this thing is they do this thing where you can just click a button. And it's like, we recommend this. And it already has like the number filled out. So I just clicked it. Hmm. Yeah, I know I'm doing this. I know I'm doing this wrong, Cindy, because I'm convinced that it's going to go for much higher. So I'm not going to I'm not planning on winning it. Yeah, this is p- potentially the worst eBay strategy of all time is what you're employing. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take it for this, but it's not going to go for this. So I'm not worried about it. I don't need to. I told everyone I'm not spending money before the DC pin show. And like I've put money in now. now. So it'll be gone like in the next, you know, before tonight, someone will have outbed it for sure. So maybe it's just my way of, of exposing myself just to not purchase it. <laughs> so it looks pretty sweet, though. It's pretty sweet. So uh, one of my uh, one of my good friends bought one recently for four fifty. So that would be a nice. That's a good price. Mm. Good price. All right. So let's talk about this DC pin show, which we'll dedicate most of next week to talking about it. Um, but this question from from Ann Splat on the Twitter bot uh, says: Any recommendations about what to do at the DC pin show when you can only attend one day? This is my first pin show. So you want to go first? Yeah, it's difficult. If it's one day and it's your first, my feeling would be you want to make sure that you are going to get everything that you might want to get. So what I mean is you may have a list of stuff that you're interested in, but my experience of pen shows is you will find something you didn't know you wanted, right? Something you've never seen before, something that really catches your eye, fits your style, that kind of thing. That almost always happens. So you only have one day. Usually people have multiple days, right? So they see something and then they might get it another day. What you don't want to do is walk away from the pen show and regret not buying something the next day. So, I don't know if I'm giving good advice here. I think it's a mix between good advice and bad advice. But my feeling would be make sure that you go and look at everything and then buy everything you might want. (laughs) (laughs) Within the budget that you've set, of course. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if you think you might want something and it's within the budget that you've set for yourself, I recommend buying it to avoid disappointment. And I've just become the best friend of all pen vendors at the DC Pen Show. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I know it's it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. Um, And obviously money is not unlimited. But, you know, that's why I say, like, if you have a budget for yourself, just go and enjoy yourself and buy a bunch of stuff because it's very unlikely that you're going to regret it and it's also very likely that if you buy something and you don't like it and you've treated it well you can probably sell it on and not lose much money mm-hmm. so. right so i want to add one dc specific thing if you can do go friday instead of saturday you're going to pay four times as much to go friday you're going to deal with four times less the crowd. It's worth the $45 or whatever for the weekend pass to not have to wait in a line around the block on Saturday and not have to deal with the crowds. If you can do that and you can only attend one day, paying the extra money just for Friday is worth it. 
So there you go. So what do you find fascinating about our relatively strange hobby, Mike? Why pens? This is from Frosty on, on Twitter. So like, why, why do we like this stuff? Why do people like this stuff? Yeah. I think that there are multiple reasons and I think it's different for everyone. I also think it's probably quite hard to pin down which one of these is your thing. Because I think we, you know, like as in talking to everyone out there, because I think that we all like elements of this. Collecting, using, and hoarding. I think they are, that is the trifecta of being a pen addict. <laughs> you have to have all of these traits when it comes to pens. And mm-hmm. if you have all of them, then you, you would, you're deep into this thing. But I think that everybody has a dominant trait. So the collecting, using, and hoarding. I'm a collector, um, I think, mostly. Uh, I like to just own things that I like. Like, I like to own notebooks that I like. I like to own pens that I like. But I don't necessarily use them all. So Mm -hmm. I I think I'm more of a collector than a user, and especially with something like Field Notes, where I I have... I already own, I'm very confident in saying this, more Field Notes notebooks than I will use in my lifetime. I already own them, but I'm going to keep buying them. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and I think a lot of people that listen to the show feel, will feel this way, like, I work hard for my money, so I spend it on things that I like. And one of the things that I like is pens and paper. Yeah, so mine isn't that direct, but it kind of ties into that. But the word I would use is escape. Like, it's totally an escape for me. It has been since I was a kid, right? You find that pen and pencil, you dive into a notebook, and you're in your head. Like, you're escaping from other things. I think that's why so many pen people are introverts as well, right? It's like you can do your own thing with things that make you happy and put a smile on your face. And it is a strange hobby um, when, you know, look at it from external things, but it's such a normal thing to do that we don't get the chance to do as much these days as we did when we were kids. And, you know, I miss that. And I think a lot of us miss that. And, you know, getting, a, getting a 50 cent pencil made in India gives me enjoyment, right? I mean, I like, I just totally love doing that and it gives me a little bit of an escape you know using that pen just to write out a few things even to write like the show notes for these for this you know i can escape reality for a minute and put my pencil to paper and just write and escape and even like you were talking about the collecting and using and hoarding part of it that gives me an escape too because I'll sit around my desk and I'll have a pen sitting there that's not inked, but I'll still pick it up and and just enjoy the heck out of it. Just, you know, it gives me good thoughts, right? Because, you know, it maybe it has a story behind it or, you know, maybe it's got something special tied into it or I got it somewhere from somewhere cool or got a good deal on it, whatever. It just gives you that escape from all these other things that are pulling at you um, all day long. And I think that's just what analog tools are, are best at. It's giving you a little bit of escape, giving you that enjoyment. And uh, to use these things, it's pretty cool. So, so see, yeah. I would say on my Mike Hurley trifecta of pen addictism, mm-hmm. that falls into the majority using column. Yes, that's agreed. 
Last question, Michael. And uh, I'm sorry if I didn't get to all the Ask TPA today, but we will have plenty of room next week as uh, I'm heading to D.C. and we'll talk about it. But this is a super, super important question with your um, recent engagement in our discussion yep. on the pens and ink used in the U.K. when signing these official marriage certificates. Are you going to get a special pen to sign your marriage marriage certificate with? So I will look into the ability of this um, in the lead up to it. So uh, looking into one, can I use a registrar that will let me use my own pen? Mm-hmm. And then two, uh, trying to confirm the ink that I will need. Mm-hmm. If I can, if those things work and they will let me use my own, which I'm sure is not a uh, completely weird request. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, that people must ask to do this every now and then. Right. Um, if that is all possible, then I will be definitely doing that. 100%. Nice. 100%, 100%. If I can get it, then I will do it. Yeah, so this will be a long-term follow-up for the show. We will we will revisit this as, as the days and dates get closer mm-hmm. on how this is progressing. So this will be a, a recurring theme. And do you want to go ahead and state up front that the pen's definitely going to be the visionary or no? Birth certificates, not marriage certificates. <laughs> oh man, you have to wait. You're chickening out. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know what I would use. Um, in all, I, it will be something that I will want to buy. Yes, and use for that one thing only. Yes, and it has to be in conjunction with Adina too. She's got to have some say in this. So yeah, it, so it, it will not be the yeah. missionary. <laughs> as, no. as awesome as that would be. Uh, maybe maybe there's some secondary document that you can sign with the visionary just to say you did it. That would be amazing. Chuck's asking how long we have to wait for this follow-up. Uh, we have no idea of a date, mm. but we're targeting, mentally, early 2018. Cool. We've got, we got a house to buy and move into first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got you kind of got a lot going on right now, so that'll, that, that will pass quicker than you can even imagine. Yep. I've already uh, got notes set up in my Apple Notes, one that is called <laughs> House Stuff and one that yeah. is called Wedding Stuff, yeah. and they have both been added within the last 48 hours, which is <laughs> a kind of a horrific thing to think yeah. about. <laughs> so just make sure pen and ink goes into the wedding stuff. Yeah, it will be. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap it up on that. I've got uh, I've got things to pack for uh, this week. I've got things to pack for next week. So uh, we got we got some busyness going on around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, just a little programming note, if if it's uh, important for you to know. So next week we're going to be recording, talking about the DC Pen Show. Then we're going to be actually be pre-recording an episode in advance, which you do every now and then, because I'm going to be away the week afterwards. So what will be really great for that second episode is a bunch of Ask TPA stuff, mm-hmm. because you know, we're going, we don't know what's going to be happening in that week. There could be some amazing news that we won't get to cover. So if you have any questions for us, like you've heard on this episode, like you've heard on many more, we love getting to them. You can tweet with the hashtag AskTPA, so A-S-K-T-P-A. You'll get them. You can email. Where can they email, Brad? Uh, email. What are we even using? Thepenaddict at gmail.com? Is that yeah, what we're using? Uh, basically, how is email going to you? Is this the question? That's a, that yeah, I'm I don't asking. know. There's a form. You, you have it set up on the relay site to go to wherever it goes. So we so, never usually give it out. I think you usually say hit the contact over there and it comes yeah, to me. It goes to uh, hello at penaddict.com. 
Okay, so there's that. That's an email address you didn't know. So that's a that's a that's the newer one. Okay, so that's good. So that's where the email goes. Um, or you can uh, hit hit us up in the Slack. Yeah, and and one thing I wanted to make uh, a note of since we got uh, I got a letter this week, I do publish a snail mail address for you to send correspondence to. It's on the contact page of the Penatic website, penatic.com slash contact. You can see the snail mail address for me and this show if you want to send out some uh, letters, postcards, bamboo pins. So that's where you can send in all of your Ask TPA questions if you want, no matter what form it is that you wish to send them in. Yes, and I did. Uh, we did have a few extras I didn't get to this week that I'm saving mm-hmm. for next week and the following week just because, uh, yeah, that double episode, uh, we, we need all the content we can we can get with. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to find our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 215. If you'd like to find Brad online, he is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, on Twitter, and he is penaddict on Instagram. You can find him over at thepenaddict.com and knock.co as well. Uh, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks to Harry's for sponsoring this week's show, and we'll be back next time. Until then, Mr. Brad Dowdy, say goodbye, Mr. Brad Dowdy. (laughs) Goodbye, Mr. Brad Dowdy.